the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon, Bay Area. This is Attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your State Radio, broadcasting from my law office in San Jose. Uh, I am live today. I had a uh, a couple of shows in the last month where I uh, did a rebroadcast. I, I thought um, I would go ahead and share with you now, um, my listening audience, what I have been going through. Uh, about five weeks ago, I, um, I ended up going to the hospital. It turned out I had a minor stroke, and it has affected the left side of my body, which includes my left typing hand. Uh, right now I've regained a significant part, maybe 60% of, 60-70% of the use of my left hand, and I'm able to do some typing again. Um, but uh, as I'm finding, recovery is a long process. Uh, if you have been through a stroke, you know that it can affect you in a lot of different ways. Uh, for me, it's largely made the left side of my body numb, Although it is waking up now, uh, now tingling and uh, hurting, which I'm grateful for, because that means the nerves are starting to wake up again. I'm able to get around. I'm able to work. Um, I do find that recovery impacts my energy during the day. I'm very grateful that today I'm able to broadcast to you live, because a more common situation would be that that uh, by this time of the day, I've kind of used up all of my energy for the day, both working and and uh, dealing and managing the um, the issues I'm going through right now and managing the pain that I'm feeling. Uh, but today is a pretty good day, and I'm able to come to you live today, and I just want to let you know if you'd like to call in and you have any questions for me today, I will take calls on the air. It's 800 516 1220. You could also email me at rpb, that's the initials rpb, at lawbob.com, l-a-w-b-o-b.com. If you have any questions, I'll be happy to receive those as well and uh, see if I can answer those on the air for you. Um, But I'm going to follow my usual format today, which is to go through questions and comments from around the state of California. And uh, and towards the end of the show, I, I may uh, briefly introduce uh, an estate planning tool that I am in the process of adding to my law practice. 
Uh, and um, as time goes on, I may do, uh, probably will do an entire show on this estate planning tool. Uh, it will be of interest to probably to anyone that has assets, um, a married couple or an individual, and has a spouse or has uh, children, and uh, is interested in uh, some form of asset protection, which may be available doing special types of trusts. But I'll talk about that probably in the final segment of the show today. In the meantime, though, I'm going to go ahead and start with my usual format. Questions and comments from around the state of California. Out of Los Angeles, a person indicates, My grandfather <clears throat> left a will giving me sole ownership of his house when I was 16 years old. Upon his death, I was in my 50s, and my mother took ownership, never telling me it was my property, until she became ill and gave me the will. Upon her death recently, she willed the property to someone else. How do I obtain ownership of the property which is rightfully mine? Well, the first thing question I'd ask here is, how did the mother end up with title to this house if there was a will unless the mother failed to file the will with the court in Los Angeles and instead went to court in Los Angeles claiming that her father, <clears throat> this person's grandfather, died without a will at all, which is what we call intestate. And if the mother was the only child of the grandfather, then under intestate succession, she would inherit the property. And that's the only way I could think of that this mother would actually have ended up with the grandfather's property passing to her is that she went to court in Los Angeles and basically lied to the court that there was no will. And now... Um, apparently uh, provided grandpa's will to this person after uh, mother became ill, but she in turn had left the property to someone else. Um, I would say that uh, this would probably take an estate litigation attorney to assist here. It may be that mom's will could be challenged in Los Angeles County, uh, challenged um, as passing property that she did not rightfully own, that she had obtained through fraud, um, through an earlier probate where she um, um, represented to the court that her own father had died without a will, and therefore she was entitled to inherit his house. Um, this, it says... It, suggests it's been, um, uh, it's only been since um, this person's grandfather died. This person um, was in their 50s when grandpa died. So it may not have been that long ago that mom basically stole the property from her own child. Um, but I would say for this person, you need to contact an attorney that specializes in a state litigation to um, see if you can file a claim for the property in the mother's probate 
and have the true ownership of that property challenged based on the earlier will that uh, the grandfather had actually uh, had actually made, which apparently was never uh, filed with the court. It may involve also going back to the original probate for the grandfather and trying to reopen that probate uh, in order to have his will properly probated so that the property, in fact, passes to the grandchild. Um, this is really messed up. And uh, and I'll tell you, I'm sure this is not the first time that someone has hidden a will or destroyed a will that they had possession of because it left property in a way that they didn't want or they didn't agree with. And the problem is, um, uh, unless there is some other independent information that this will exists um, and and who actually has it, and they've actually filed it with the court, which is actually a legal requirement under the law, then uh, people get away with this stuff probably on a fairly regular basis. And it's unfortunate. It's fraud. It's cheating. It's reprehensible. Uh, it's also illegal. And, uh, and uh, that's, that's about pretty much all I can say for that. Well, uh, we're coming up on the first break of the show today. Uh, if you'd like to call in, the number is 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. When we come back after the break, I will be continuing with more questions and comments from around this great state of California. Uh, again, 800 800- 516-1220 if you'd like to call in. When we come back, I'll see you on the other side of the break. This is attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your Estate Radio, and we'll talk with you in a few minutes. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, attorney Bob Bergman. So welcome back. I should have led my show today by um, by identifying out there uh, for for those of you of certain faith traditions. Today is Good Friday. Um, my own children are now officially in their Easter vacation. For those of you out there who celebrate Good Friday, um, Good Friday to you. Um, this Sunday is Easter at least in uh, many Christian traditions. Uh, Not all Christian traditions would be celebrating uh, Easter on uh, on Sunday. But to those of you out there who uh, do worship and celebrate Good Friday and Easter, I I wish you all the very best out there. Um, This is something my family does and will be doing. And I thought I would just share that uh, briefly with those of you out there. I'm going to continue with more questions and comments um, and also let you know, again, if you'd like to call in, it's 800-516-1220. My engineer is standing by to take your call and will let me know uh, if someone calls in and has a question for me. So here is someone out of Victorville, California, uh, saying, I have an adult son 
that's disabled since birth. Um, he um, he has a d- disability that was suffered. Uh, I guess he had an aneurysm uh, at birth, and uh, and that uh, left him with some um, mental uh, difficulties. Uh, this person says, I would need my granddaughter to take care of him because uh, someone in my family would only get him to sign the house away because he can't read. Uh, can I leave my home to my disabled adult son? I am on Medicaid. Uh, Medicaid here in California is the Medi-Cal program. And that is basically, um, um, it can be used as health insurance for people who have uh, little or no resources. Uh, if the person's on, on Medi-Cal, they may also be in a nursing home or about to go into a nursing home. Uh, the short answer is yes, you can leave your home um, to your disabled adult son. You would want to leave it in trust with, in this case, your granddaughter in charge of it to handle it for your son who is disabled. Um, it 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 will likely qualify uh, for uh, the property taxes to stay the same. It will qualify for an exclusion from reassessment of the property taxes. Uh, likely still, even under Proposition 19, which took effect about six weeks ago, because uh, uh, being in Victorville, um, it's very likely that the value of the property today um, is not more than the current assessed value plus a million dollars. And if that's the case, there would be no reassessment of the property taxes. I would caution, though, that uh, leaving any property in trust for a disabled child, um, you you have the issue of where do the funds come from to maintain that property. There still will be taxes and insurance to pay. There will still be maintenance on the property, um, you know, maintaining, you know, electrical, the plumbing, um, maintaining the yard, maintaining the roof, you know, uh, water here uh, goes out, uh, the furnace goes out, whatever it is. And so you want to make sure that if you not only leave a property in trust for a disabled child, but you want to make sure that you leave as much as possible additional resources in that trust so that they can be maintained, so that that property can be maintained for that child. I do that kind of planning, and uh, and when I sit down and talk with individuals and couples about that issue, I find often they never really considered um, how things would be paid for um, if they leave their property in that way for a disabled child. And uh, what I point out is there is no magic fairy or money tree that automatically takes over maintaining a property um, because there are costs of maintaining a property going forward. Even if the property taxes are low, they still have to be paid. Uh, You still have to have the property insured and you still have to maintain it because things break, things wear out, and they have to be repaired or replaced. Okay, out of Los Angeles, someone had this question. Uh, Can a lawyer add provisions into a will without the knowledge of the will maker? 
Description of the situation. My husband's sisters got their father to amend his trust to benefit them only days before he died of brain cancer. He was too sick to even sign. Okay, well, I would say right there, there's probably grounds on the surface to challenge the trust amendment. If he was too sick to even sign the document and he had brain cancer, it's very highly likely that he no longer had the mental capacity or ability to make any kind of change to his trust, and it may very well be able to be successfully challenged. The kicker is that the trust also has a no-contest provision, and uh, that's a provision that we call in legal terms an interorum clause or a clause in a trust or a will to terrorize or terrify a beneficiary or heir who would challenge the will or challenge the trust, challenge the validity of the will, uh, uh, and to try to overturn the will or trust uh, to have it be um, have it be removed. So, uh, so that is um, that is what that is. Now, here it says the sisters are claiming the lawyer put in the provision and they didn't know what it meant before signing it. Well, I'm not sure um, why they would be signing it. Um, it. It's it's first of all a no contest provision is very commonplace in a will or a trust. Um, it's not something that necessarily people agree to. It's something that um, that I, as a matter of course, I typically put in uh, because you don't want people coming in and upsetting your estate plan. Um, but as a practical matter, a no contest provision only is effective against somebody who is left something by the will or by the trust. If it says, I leave Johnny $30,000 and then my other $5 million goes to my daughter Jane, well, if Johnny contests and he's not successful, he doesn't get the $30,000. But if you said, I don't give anything to Johnny, I disinherit him, well, then the no contest provision is kind of meaningless because if he challenges and loses, he wasn't getting anything anyway. And uh, if he challenges and wins, then he might get at least half of that $5 million. So that kind of answers that there. So we're coming up at the uh, bottom of the show. When we come back, I'll continue with more Plan Your Estate Radio. This is your host, Attorney Bob Bergman, and we'll talk with you after the mid-show break. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. Hi, welcome back. I'm going to continue with more questions and comments from around the state of California. And uh, now we, uh, we go to Fontana, California. And this is a very unusual situation. I'm not even sure how this was even possible in the first place, but here's the deal. The person says, my sister took my daughter to a notary to have her name removed from my mother's deed. Now, I'll start by saying 
Um, it sounds like the mother's deed had both the sister and the daughter on the deed or or on the title. Um, at least that's what I'm assuming from what it says here. It says, My sister put the house in her name and put the house up for sale. The notary did not ask for any identification from my 15-year-old daughter, and I was not informed until after it was done. What can I do? Please advise. My sister said it's too late because the house is being sold and will close escrow in 30 days. Now, let's start first by saying that a 15-year-old cannot legally own anything unless the 15-year-old has gone through court and become what's called an emancipated minor. That is someone who was under the age of 18 that is legally recognized as an adult able to enter into contracts and handle their own financial affairs. You'll see uh, a few of them in uh, uh, mostly uh, celebrities. I think Alicia Silverstone and Drew Barrymore both fit in that category. Uh, They became legally able to handle their own contracts, make their own uh, acting deals and everything before they were age 18. Uh, but here, if a 15-year-old, if if the grandma put her granddaughter on the title to her house, um, that actually, the granddaughter, the 15-year-old, could not own that title. It would have to be owned through a guardianship. Um, so here, I don't know. Um, it, it's, I think, actually, the action, having the 15-year-old sign anything, uh, sign the deed at all. 15-year-old had no authority to sign because 15-year-old's not an adult. So this is the kind of thing where um, a court action needs to be filed immediately um, to stop the sale of this property and have the action uh, reversed. And uh, and um, this person needs to go after their sister uh, because this was completely inappropriate. Same time, a guardianship needs to be established for that uh, granddaughter's interest in the property so that it is properly held. Um, and at the very least, maybe the sale should go through, but half the proceeds of the sale should go into a guardianship for the 15-year-old. So this is really kind of a messed up situation all the way around. And I'll tell you right now, I think it's very unlikely that the grandmother had benefit of legal counsel when all this went down in the first place. I suspect that um, this is a a do-it-yourself thing that grandma did, and she just put this house in the name of one daughter and then a granddaughter, um, and that was the end of it. Um, and no one even cared about or bothered to check and see whether that was something that could really be done legally. Um, But certainly the 15-year-old should not be out her half of the property. It's just that her half of the property should be owned by, or the proceeds of the sale, half the proceeds should be owned by a guardianship 
for her with a guardian appointed by the court, which might be her mother, who's the one that's raising this issue, or might be her father, if she has a father in the picture, or might be a completely unrelated person or another family member who's brought in because the court thinks that would be more appropriate in a case like this. Okay, out of Santa Ana, we got another one out of Southern California here uh, in the OC. Uh, great town, by the way. Um, I, I used to fly in and out of the airport there, uh, uh, John Wayne Airport, um, back when uh, back in the day when I worked for uh, Comerica Bank as a vice president and business development officer for their trust department. And I used to fly in and out of Santa Ana. Um, and I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed going down to Southern California as part of my work when I worked for the bank. So here, someone says, um, I'm on the title of a property with my two brothers. We would like to quit claim our ownership and transfer it to our mother's trust. She's living in the home right now with our father and our youngest sister. Okay, so it sounds like mom and dad and sister are living in a house that's actually owned by three brothers. Okay, with me so far? So the question is, if we quit claim and put the property in and put the property into the name of my mom's trust, will it be reassessed in California? Answer yes, under proposition nineteen, it would be reassessed. If it was done Back before February 16th of this year, the answer would have been no, because there would have been an exclusion from reassessment of the transfer from the three brothers, the children, to their mother, the parent. Um, but now it will be reassessed, 100% reassessed. Assuming they're not concerned about that, the question next thing is, should we quit claim first, then do the trust, or should we open a trust for my mom, then do the transfer? Well, if mom doesn't have a trust of her own yet, there's really nothing to quit claim into. I would do it as establish a trust for mom that's just hers, quit claim to mom, and then have mom quit claim to her trust that's just her trust. And then mom would have to decide who she wants to be the ultimate beneficiary of that property or whether she wants to have her spouse be able to live in the property for life, similar to that disabled son we were talking about earlier. Uh, but again, you need to make sure that there's uh, means to maintain that property, uh, to pay the taxes, insurance and maintenance, things like that. And then third question, are there any other documents we have to do to avoid reassessment? Answer to that is, under the law as it changed about six weeks ago, you can't avoid reassessment. There's just no way around it. This is one of the things that has happened, and hopefully uh, the legislature may come in and at least extend implementation of the law for a year or two. Uh, there's actually been a bill introduced in the legislature for that very purpose. If that bill were to pass, then uh, these three brothers would be able to do this and avoid the reassessment. And if that's the case, they would then do a 
a Proposition 58 form for uh, an ex uh, exclusion from reassessment between transfers between parent and children. Only this case would be children to parent because uh, it works both ways when we're talking about children and a parent. Um, and that's another form they would need to do. Uh, and of course, if we get another proposition on the ballot to repeal the massively objectionable parts of Proposition uh, of Proposition 19, then that would be another way to uh, to deal with that. Uh, then they'd be able to do that without worrying about the reassessment. Okay, next question. We've got uh, out of Los Angeles. Okay, uh, it says a relative submitted to the relative's attorney requested changes to their will and trust back in November of 2020. The attorney finally responded to the relative last week, March of 2021, and said, everything's been updated, don't worry. Obviously, I'm concerned that all updates have been included on the amended will and trust. Is this legal and binding without a signature and notarization? Well, I'll tell you right now, there's no way to update a will or a trust without the person who created the will and trust signing. If it's an amended will, what we would call it could be a codicil to the will, which isn't a change to a will or a new will, that has to be signed and witnessed with the usual formalities for a will. If it's a trust, it could be an amendment to the trust. But again, that has to be signed by the creator of the trust. This would be the relative we're talking about. There's no way that an attorney can just update somebody's will and trust without new legal documents being signed. So uh, if, if this is what's going on, uh, then the will and the trust have not been updated at all. And I would be amazed if an attorney would indicate that it has been updated unless the relative actually had come in and signed new documents making the changes that uh, were requested. Okay, well, we're coming up on the third break in the show today. Um, again, I'll have one more segment in the show today. I hope you have uh, been educated some today and you've learned a few things. I hope you've been entertained as well. Um, and I want to let you know in the last segment, I will touch briefly on this new estate planning tool I'm going to be incorporating into my practice. So when we come back after this third and final break of the show today, I'll wrap the show up with the fourth segment. This is Attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your State Radio. Talk with you after the final break today. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. We're in the final segment of our show today. And uh, I wanted to uh, let you know it's good to be back live on the air. I've taken a couple of Fridays off in this past month um, because I found myself to be uh, a little bit too tired to to face a, um, a full show on the air, but my strength is largely back. And uh, even though I'm having some 
issues with my left arm and my left hand. Um, the rest of me is firing on all cylinders, and uh, it, it's good to be uh, feeling better every day and, and getting more and more active every day. And I, uh, I just um, actually re-upped for the next year, so you can expect to hear me on the air for at least another year here on Plan Your State Radio. And um, I'm looking forward to the upcoming year. Uh, just to let you all know out there, I am taking new estate planning clients at this time. I had backed off from that a few months ago. Uh, but the type of work I was doing back then is much more limited now because of uh, of a change at a court that I work with. So I am taking new um, living trust estate planning clients. And uh, so... Here's your chance. Uh, you can book a consultation with me by going to my website at lawbob.com and click on the link to book an estate planning consultation. That will take you into, uh, you'll eventually end up in my calendar, and you can find a date and time that works best for you. If you select that date or time, it will put it on my calendar, and then I will follow up with an email back to you that has uh, all of the paperwork I would ask you to complete uh, and get back to me or bring into your consultation if you'd like to come into my office and meet in person. Um, I do have in-person consultations now. I've already had my first shot, and I have my next, my second shot this upcoming Tuesday. And um, so after next Tuesday... Uh, hopefully I won't have a day or two where I'm sick as a dog, which could happen, uh, but I'm planning for that. Uh, but after then, I will be fully vaccinated, and uh, and you can feel uh, very, very comfortable coming to my office. I'm certainly comfortable having you come to my office if that is what you prefer. Uh, but that would be paperwork to complete and get back to me prior to a consultation or bring uh, printout hard copies to the consultation. Um, I generally give a half hour to 45 minute free consultation. And in that time, we could determine kind of generally what your concerns are and then make a determination whether or not I'm the right attorney to assist you and your family in the planning of your estate. So uh, lawbob.com, you can book a consultation or you could always send me a quick email at rpb at lawbob dot com requesting more information and I'll reply back with a detailed discussion of uh, of uh, how I work and how my planning works as well as those same documents as an attachment to that email so whatever works best for you now here is a situation out of Sacramento California and let's see if I can sort out exactly what's going on with this one here uh, this person says, my grandparents had a trust that left their joint assets to their eight children. My grandfather died, and my grandma still wants to uphold that trust. Uh, she's planning to make her own trust from her personal earnings to give to just her four kids. So it sounds like this is a blended marriage. What's her most legal way for her to leave me the house? Do we have to take the house off the original trust 
Or can we just replace Grandpa's name with mine on the deed? I know when she dies, the family will fight for the house and will have the money to do so from their inheritances. Person said, I live in the house with her now and don't plan to sell once she passes. Well, if there was a joint trust, first question is, did the trust say that everything is left directly to Grandma when Grandpa died? Or did it require that the trust be divided into a revocable share for Grandma and an irrevocable share uh, for the benefit of Grandma that represented Grandpa's share of the property? If that's the case, there's no real way for Grandma to, to transfer that house to this grandchild uh, because at least half of that house is already irrevocably assigned to pass on to the eight children. But if everything was left to grandma, she could set up her own trust. She could put that house in the trust and provide that it be left to the grandchild. Uh, and then, um, and then everything else to her four kids and she could leave um she could leave everything else that she wanted divided eight ways still in that trust that she had with her husband grandpa i know that sounds a little bit confusing but there's not really enough information here to come up with a completely definitive answer to the question there okay so we're coming up on the end of our show today, about 30 seconds to go. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, I just want to remind you, I am taking new estate planning clients now. Uh, I am healthy, and I am raring to help more people. So until next Friday, this is attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your Estate Radio, and I hope you have a great weekend. And happy Easter. Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com. L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved.